0: Alright, welcome to episode 4 of On the Shoulders of Giants. Today we're going to be looking at Calvinism. This is the defense of Calvinism. So we're going to do a three-part episode. So the different topics we're going to go over. Intro to Calvinism, intro to Arminianism, modern misunderstandings. We're going to address free will We will look at the scripture in support and the scripture that is used against Calvinism. We're going to address what I deem the common argument or basically the idea that we can't really know because the dynamic between free will and God's sovereign choice is above all. Uh, really above scripture, above what God has revealed, and so we can't know. It's better to kind of be somewhere in the middle. So we'll address that. We're going to address evangelism, claims that Calvinism is immoral, and why any of this matters. So part one is going to be addressing what is Calvinism, what is Arminianism, and we're going to look at the modern-day Christian approach, and we're going to address free will. So the, the intros to them are going to be very basic, but they're going to really give enough information to have a pretty basic understanding of Calvinism and Arminianism. So the teachings of Calvinism are broken up into uh, five letters. Tulip, so first letter is T total depravity. So let's talk about total depravity. Our text for total depravity is Romans three ten through 12. And it says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So total depravity says that we're not basically good. We're not good people. We turn away from God. We reject God. We hate things of God. Uh, and we we can't do anything good. It says no one does good, not even one. So the common sentiment today is that we're generally good people. And the Bible rejects that. Uh, and the teachings of total depravity says... That not only are we not good people, but we 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 reject God. We turn away from God, and we would never come to God on our own because we don't like God. So th- that's and that's that's in man's original nature before God changes His nature. So that's total depravity. The next uh, letter U: unconditional election. So. The text is 2 Timothy 1.9, which says, Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So unconditional election says that we are not saved because God has favor on us. Uh, any individual person because of their deeds God does not have God does not choose individuals because they're more righteous or or more humble uh, he he doesn't look at us and say oh yeah, yeah these guys are just better people than the other guys so I'm gonna save these guys uh, we're totally depraved we we are we're wicked without God and so we have nothing to boast of before God so God chooses us unconditionally uh, his election is unconditional. So we're saved Second uh, 2 Timothy 1.9, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. Okay, and so people might say, well, this is unjust. Uh, how can God just unconditionally choose people? What about the other people? Well, Psalm 115.3 says, our God is in the heavens he does all that he pleases. God is above us all. His purpose is is greater than anything we could have ever imagine. His grace is incredible. We, we we have nothing. We can't accuse God because God is above us. We're not good people. We don't deserve anything before God. And so it's incredible that that God that God saves even one person. Uh and, and so the fact that he saves many is, is incredible so the next letter in Tulip, we've gone over total depravity, unconditional election the next one is limited atonement so, so limited atonement says that Christ died for the church his, his crucifixion his death uh, when, when God poured out the full cup of his wrath the Sins that Christ atoned for were the sins of the church. Many people think, well, Christ died for everyone. And you'll hear people say, well, you've got to be kind to everyone because Christ died for everyone. You'll hear that all the time in church. But that's not biblical. You do need to be kind to everyone. You You need to be impartial. But Christ died for the elect. Christ died for the church. Christ died for his sheep. So our text is John 10:11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The next text is Revelation 5, 9. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So with Christ's blood, he ransomed people for God. If somebody has been ransomed for God, they're going to be saved. Christ doesn't fail. He, he's not ran, His blood is not ransoming people for God, and then those people end up not saved. If they're ransomed for God, they're saved. And so we know that Christ's blood was for the church. We know that Christ's blood is for the elect and his sheep. One, because scripture says so, but but because it's logical. So the next letter, uh, I, irresistible grace. We've gone over total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, and irresistible grace. So irresistible grace says that when when God desires to save somebody, that person is going to be saved. They can't resist God and really... uh, the idea is that no one would come to God on their own, and so when God desires to save somebody and he calls them, they're going to be saved. So our text for that is Romans eight thirty and those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also glorified. So it says right in there, those whom he called, he also justified. So many, many Armenians would say, God calls everybody, and some people come to him, and some people reject him. That's not biblical. The Bible clearly says, and those whom he called, he also justified. Uh, to be justified means to be made right before God. It means that your sins have been forgiven, and you can stand upright before God uh, redeemed. So we know that all those that he called, he justified, and so we can reject the idea that uh, all people are called and and yet some are justified. That's unbiblical. So the next, so really the big issue with irresistible grace is that Armenians display God as weak. They, they, they depict God as pleading with men and knocking at the door of their hearts. He's a powerless God. Uh, he is calling on everyone, and he, he, he just waits for men. He, he, he puts salvation in the hands of men, and he's powerless to save them, and he just desires that they will save themselves through him. That's, that's very, very blasphemous. Uh, it, it, it brings God down takes away his strength and his power and his sovereignty and really the issue is people want to people want to say well we have free will we're gonna we're going to cover that uh in this part in this section but the thing is with our will we would reject god that's that's romans 3 10 through 12 the, the first thing that i went over uh we would reject god on our own and so God saves us. He calls us, he justifies us, and he glorifies us. Uh, So that's irresistible grace. So we've gone over total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, and irresistible grace. So the next P uh, in Tulip, preservation of the saints. So our verse is John 10, 27 through 30. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Well, that says some cool stuff about the Trinity at the end. But anyway, (laughs) um, we can have confidence before God. Preservation of the Saints says that if somebody comes to a saving relationship with God, that person is not going to fall away. That that person will be saved until the last day. They're sealed with the Holy Spirit uh, for the last day. And Christ gives them eternal life. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of his hand. So we have gone over. So what is Calvinism? Total depravity. Uh, We are totally depraved. We are not good people. And we would reject God unconditional election god does not elect people on some condition because they're better than another person it's unconditional limited atonement uh, christ died for the church he did not die for everyone and irresistible grace when god desires to save somebody he saves them he's not powerless he does not sit there calling on everyone he calls on he calls on those whom he justifies preservation of the saints. If you come to a saving relationship with God, you will be preserved until the last day because he will hold the, because God will hold uh, that person in his hand. So now we're going to go over Arminianism. <clears throat> so first off, partial depravity. Arminianism says, okay, men men are not men are not good, but they can come to God. Men, men are not totally depraved because God calls them and gives them enough grace so that they can, they can, they can choose God. Well, we know that's not true because of Romans three, ten through twelve. Um, conditional election: God chooses those whom He sees will believe. So, conditional election says that. Uh, Basically, God elects those whom he foresees are going to believe in him. As in, God sits before, before time, and he looks forward in time and says, Okay, all of these people are going to eventually believe in me, so those are the people I'm going to elect. Uh, we don't see that in scripture. <laughs> Unlimited atonement. Christ died for everyone, not just for the sheep. Resistible grace, uh, God's powerless, and he sits there pleading and calling on everyone, hoping that some will come to him. Conditional salvation, uh, you have to maintain your salvation. You, You are not held until the last day. God does not hold you, and you have to continue believing in him. We know that if you have, if if you have put your faith in God, that God will maintain that faith. He will preserve you. So we can reject that as well. Uh, most people, most modern Armenians, they typically believe in preservation of the saints. They believe that if you are saved, that you will be held until the last day. So, really, I I don't want to misframe arminianism the modern arminian does believe partial depravity conditional election unlimited atonement and resistible grace but most of the time they're going to reject conditional salvation so i really want to go over a very very basic basic difference between calvinism and arminianism if you don't really understand it so far So the very, very basic distinction is Calvinism says that salvation is entirely of God, that man plays no role in his salvation, that faith is given to that man, repentance is given to that man. Salvation is entirely a work of God. Christ atoned for us, God calls us, God saves us, and it's entirely of God. Arminianism says, well, Salvation is up to man. Uh, God, God has done most of the work, and all you have to do is believe. Okay, well, <laughs> we know that if if it was up to man, we would all reject God, and so God is the one who supplies the faith. Uh, Calvinism says that salvation is of God, and Arminianism says that man saves himself through God. So. That's, that's the major distinction. We know we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved because God has given us faith. Because God has, he, he has provided the lamb, the sacrifice to atone for our sins. He saves us entirely. So, what about the modern day Christian? The modern day Christian typically will believe in unlimited atonement and say that it's up to you so you'll hear when you hear about the gospel or when when people talk about christianity they'll usually say well god is still moral or god is still justified in sending people to hell because he gives everyone the opportunity to believe and salvation is up to you it's your choice whether or not you reject god or come to faith in god that's the modern presentation of the gospel. Uh, we, don't, we don't find that in the Bible. And they'll also say that Christ died for everyone. So that's, that's sort of the, what the modern day Christian will believe. And if they don't believe in really direct Arminianism, typically uh, without conditional salvation, they'll believe in what I deem the common argument. The common argument you'll hear is Calvinism and Arminianism they're too complicated they're they're too they're too black and white and so it has to be somewhere in the middle there has to be some free will and some god and it can't be one or the other so it's got to be somewhere in the middle we reject that they can't it can't be somewhere in the middle it's salvation is either entirely of god or it's not So we're going to go over the common argument in the last part, uh, and then now all we have left is free will. So now we've gone over TULIP, which is just used to break down Calvinism, we've gone over uh, Arminianism, we have gone over the modern day Christian, and now we're going to touch on free will. So you'll hear all the time that Calvinism destroys free will, and that, you know, God has given us free will and so it must be up to us and if if God did save us completely and if he did supply the faith then that would strip our free will and so how terrible a thing that's not true uh, free will is maintained but the the modern understanding of free will is illogical you have a will that is not absolutely free. There are many things that people will to happen that do not happen. You'll have people that want to play basketball, they wish they could do a slam dunk 360. <laughs> you know, they will that they could jump 10 feet high, but some people physically are not capable of doing that. It doesn't matter what their will says. If their nature does not allow it, then it's not going to happen. Another thing, everyone wants to be strong in a sense. You know, I wish I were stronger than I am. You know, if I, if I had the choice to be able to lift 10,000 pounds, that would be sweet. You know, but, but my will is not completely free. I do not, I do not have the ability to do that no matter, no matter what I desire because my will is bound to my nature. My will is bound to my physical makeup. My will is bound to my chemical makeup in my brain. I'm not completely free. I do not have a completely free will. I am bound by certain limitations of my nature. And so the sort of understanding that I want to give on how free will relates to election is the chocolate ice cream versus rotten milk analogy so if i was given the option every day doesn't you can you can give me this option every single day for the rest of my life and say gil you can either have chocolate ice cream or rotten milk you decide i'm going to choose chocolate ice cream every single time i love chocolate ice cream it's incredible i can't have it all the time because you know i need to uh, stay healthy but chocolate ice cream versus rotten milk that that's an easy decision. It's gonna be chocolate ice cream every time. I enjoy chocolate ice cream. I hate rotten milk. There's no way I would ever choose rotten milk. Uh, it's disgusting. <laughs> but if my if my blindfold was taken off and I realized, wait, I was deceived. The thing I thought was chocolate ice cream, happens to be the rotten milk and the thing I thought was rotten milk happens to be the chocolate ice cream I was deceived this whole time and then now you say okay now you've got this option what are you gonna choose well now I'm gonna choose the thing that I initially thought was rotten milk but I realize is actually chocolate ice cream now I'm gonna choose that because I realize that the thing I thought was chocolate ice cream is disgusting it's rotten milk I don't want to taste that I don't want to be sick that's disgusting and so if if I if i am given a new nature if, if my blindfold is taken off i'm given eyes that will see I'm, I'm given ears that will hear everything changes that's 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 what election looks like that's what that's what being given a new nature looks like people at first love sin the natural man loves sin and hates god they love sin and hate god's law they love sin Hate righteousness. But if that man is given a new heart, he's given eyes that will see and ears that will hear, he's going to hate sin and love God. Now, this isn't absolute. I'm growing daily in my hatred towards sin, my heart is being renewed daily. I will always have hints of my flesh until I'm standing before God and he perfects me because until then I will be a man living in flesh I will have a tendency to sin but I will hate it in my inner man because God has given me a new nature because I have been given eyes that will see I now hate sin but not as much as I should and I now love God but not nearly as much as I should and so the only way this is possible is by giving, some, giving someone a new nature. And so we can see that free will is maintained. According to my will, I initially chose the chocolate ice cream. And now, according to my will, I, I choose what I thought was rotten milk, but happens to actually be the chocolate ice cream. Uh, and, and, and free will is maintained. I had free. I, I chose that freely initially, and I cho- I choose this freely now because I've been given a new nature. So this aligns with Romans three ten through twelve, which I I, I am hammering, hammering, hammering on this part one. Uh, no one, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. No one seeks for God. No one comes to God on their own, because their their very nature is opposed to God, and so we need a new nature to seek God. Okay, so that's the conclusion of part one. Um, I, I hope you I hope you can gain something from this. I hope that you can see your your standing before God. Um, I hope that this is beneficial. So. We've gone over what is Calvinism, what is Arminianism, the modern-day Christian approach, and then we've touched on free will. Alright, thank you, and uh, please see me for part two.